Donald Trump and his sons found liable for fraud tonight. A New York Supreme Court justice ruling that the ex-president falsified financial statements for roughly a decade, along with his two adult sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. This decision stems from a lawsuit that was filed by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, last year. And the judge found that Trump and his company deceived banks and insurers by massively overvaluing his assets and exaggerating his net worth. Trump ignored reality when it suited his business needs, according to this judge, who also wrote, and I'm quoting the judge now, that is a fantasy world, not the real world. This is a major blow for someone who has been a developer that has spent decades bragging about his wealth. Because I'm really proud of my success. I really am. I have made billions of dollars in business making deals. All my life, I made money. I made money. I've always been good making money. I built an unbelievable company. Tremendous cash, tremendous company. One of the best companies. I have some of the greatest assets in the world. I don't need banks. We have a lot of cash. I built a great business with my family. Built a fantastic business. This is all just part of a $250 million lawsuit that Trump is facing, which is scheduled to go on trial here in New York on Monday. Trump responded to the ruling tonight with this massive wall of text attacking the attorney general and the judge and claiming that he is worth more than the numbers that are shown on his financial statements. His lawyer, Chris Kyes, says he and his family will appeal this ruling to, quote, rectify this miscarriage of justice. Joining me now is the man whose testimony jump-started this investigation, Trump's former attorney and fixer, Michael Cohen. Michael, obviously, this is a huge ruling against your former boss. What did you make of this? It's a massive uh, ruling that has long been in the wait. I mean, the one thing that Donald Trump is so good at is delaying the inevitable. And Judge uh, Angoron really had enough. He had enough. I mean, some of the language that was used in his 35-page decision um, demonstrates exactly this point, that he just had enough of the games and he was not going to allow uh, Donald's delay tactics to continue. Is your understanding, I mean, is Donald Trump still in business in the state of, the New, of New York after this ruling and, and what the judge ruled about his business certificates? Uh, the answer is no, because what ultimately happens is the attorney general will cease um, to allow those um, companies to exist by pulling the licenses, by pulling uh, its license to be active in the state of New York. So all of those assets will end up going into some form of a receivership. And as a result of the receivership, uh, the companies will end up getting liquidated, especially now that this case is no longer solely about, you know, all cases are bifurcated. So the first part is um, the liability. The second part is damages. There is no more issue of liability. The judge has already determined that the fraud existed. So now it's just an issue of damages. So they're obviously going to try to appeal this. We heard that from the Trump attorney. But you're saying that if they don't, if this stands, that places like Trump Tower and Midtown that has his name on it, that that's no more. Well, Trump Tower, let me be clear, because a lot of people don't understand this. Trump Tower is a condominium meaning that each and every one of the units are owned in what's called fee simple absolute. It's owned by the, by the purchaser, not by Trump. He does have Trump property management that operates the building and receives a fee for it. 
that will no longer be in existence. So all of the companies that are Trump-owned and controlled, yes, but the properties that Trump owns are all fee simple absolute condominiums. But this ruling is a major threat to that, you're it's saying? It's a major. Uh, first of all, all of the golf courses, as an example. Briarcliff Manor, as an example, that will no longer be able to operate under the Trump flag. I mean, as someone who has touted himself long before he was president as this major developer, I mean, what do you think his ruling or his reaction is to that tonight? Well, I had said, and Jamie Gangel actually uh, parroted me today on one of the other CNN shows, that if you really want to get to Donald, the way to do it is through his bank book, not by saying, oh, he's a narcissistic sociopath or, you know, uh, look at he's definitely it's not 6'3", and he's not 215 pounds. You go after the wallet. Once you start hitting that, that bank book, that's what really gets to him. As I mentioned, so much of this has to do with your testimony that you provided to Congress in 2019. I just want to remind people what it was that you told lawmakers at the time. To your knowledge, did the president or his company ever inflate assets or revenues? Yes. And uh, was that done with the president's knowledge or direction? Everything was done with the knowledge and at the direction of Mr. Trump. I mean, you were someone who was incredibly close to Donald Trump. There's a reason you were able to provide that information that you did to, to the congressman there and to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Do you think he regrets that your relationship was severed now that seeing how this ended up? If one would say that Donald was normal, like most human beings, they would say, absolutely, it was a grave mistake. But Donald doesn't see things that way. He may feel it when he's by himself and reflecting upon it. But when it comes to openly acknowledging and admitting, Donald is incapable of fault. He's posting in response to this, we showed that massive statement, essentially saying that he didn't disclose his most valuable asset, which is, is his brand. I mean, does he believe that that's really something they should have taken into account here when they're looking at the numbers of what these properties, what these businesses are worth? Yeah. Look, again, when it comes to the value of the brand, sure, there was a value to the brand. What's the value of the brand now? Uh, obviously, significantly less. But if you're talking about an asset, well, you need to talk about the asset. What does a brand value have anything to do with overinflating the square footage of your primary residence, his triplex on Fifth Avenue to 33,000 square feet, when the unit is actually 11,000 square feet. What does the brand value have anything to do with claiming it's worth $15,000 a square foot or whatever he put down onto it, when in fact, nothing in the entire area, that building uh, for sure, ever approached a price per square foot, even even in that stratosphere. So the answer is, it doesn't. Mar-a-Lago is worth much more than the $18 million that they claimed. So, <laughs> what $18 million are you talking about? That's not what he claimed that the value of Mar-a-Lago was. That's what, the, that's what he's saying that the judge ruled, that the, what they found here. He's complaining about the judge's estimate of that. No, he could certainly have his day in court when it comes to damages, which is where the trial starts on Monday. But I don't think he's going to be successful in any of that. See, Mar-a-Lago is not a house. It's not Donald's house. 
It is a country club. It's a social club. It is zoned as a social club. So you can't just change zonings simply from a Monday to a Tuesday by saying, well, today I want it to be a house, therefore it's going to be under R1 uh, zoning, and therefore it's worth $300 million. Doesn't work that way. You just talked about, you know, this is still going to trial. This is the judge saying the core of this investigation, that this, what she's saying, can stand. If he goes to trial and there's a cash judgment for $250 million, can he pay that okay, or is so, he going to bankruptcy? Okay, so let me begin by saying that there's a lot of mistakes that get made by people in the media. Journalists include when they say this is a $250 million um, lawsuit against Trump and the organization. It is not. It is a baseline of $250 million. You're saying it could be more than I'm that. saying it could go anywhere up to whatever the judge determines. Let's not forget, Alina Haba made a terrible error. Um, or Trump somebody, the Trump's attorney, by failing to uh, check off a certain box that had the case as a jury trial. It is now a bench trial. So Judge Ngoron will be the sole decider on what the damages are. The damages, in my estimation, will exceed, with interest and penalty, will exceed $600 million. Does that put the company into bankruptcy? He does not have that liquid cash available in order to pay that off for a multitude of reasons. Many of the assets that he owns, he has limited to no basis in them, like 40 Wall Street, $1 million basis. He also has, say, a $100 million mortgage onto it. If that property sells even for a whopping $400 million, which is probably worth to more. To your point, you're saying he cannot pay that. No, because he's also going to have to pay Uncle Sam tax on the money between the basis and the sale price. He doesn't escape that. Everybody has to pay that. So let's say it's 50%. So that would be $200 million minus the 100 that he owes to the banks on it. So there's $100 million left in order to be used to offset whatever the judgment will be. You know him well. What do you think is going through his mind? Tonight? I think he's very angry, as I said, and uh, Jamie Gengel repeated it. The way to get to Donald Trump is always via the pocketbook. It's what he cares about most. Michael Cohen, your testimony jump-started this. Thank you for, for coming on to join us tonight.